Hello everyone, welcome back to Chibi and Chill, the anime podcast, the podcast that talks all about all things anime, all things manga, anything that you're kind of thinking Japan related, it's about anime, it's about manga, I'm going to be talking about it on this podcast, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. So I'm your host Ryan and I'm a massive anime and manga fan and I have been for many 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 years, since the 90s, since I was a kid and that fad has never truly ended. So a few things before we dive into today's episode, I've got a bunch of new anime pin badges over on my eBay shop for you to check out. There's One Piece ones, there's Pokemon one and there's some Jujutsu Kaisen ones with more being added to the range soon. I'm not entirely sure when, I need to kind of prep them first, but they are coming soon. Be sure to check out the first five pins are over, they're already live, they're already on the shop, go check them out. You won't want to miss out on them, they're great to add to hats, bags, like straps on stuff. Honestly, go check them out, I've kept some of them for myself to add to my bag, because I just couldn't let them all go, I need to keep some for myself. And also, if you're into Funko Pops, much like myself, and like me, are also kind of addicted to them. I've got a 10% off code for you for OpticCollectibles.com and it's ChibiWeeb. So if you enter the code ChibiWeeb on OpticCollectibles.com, you'll save 10% off your order. Go check them out. They've got some exclusives and chase on chase what pops on there and also some like mystery boxes where it's kind of like you could get a chase, you could get a normal, who knows, it's all part of the Funko collecting fun. Go to OpticCollectibles.com for 10% off using the code ChibiWeeb. I've said it all throughout the last couple of episodes, but it is spooky season. It's Halloween season, all things spooky. And with it being spooky season, I thought this time, this episode, I thought what a better time to do an episode where we kind of dive into one of the One Piece crew members and what a more fitting character to do than Brooke the musician, the all-star skeleton Mujiwara crew member. This is the first of this kind of series. I can do more of this. Let's see how this one goes, see if you guys like it. And we can do more Mujiwara Spotlight-style episodes. So not only is Halloween and spooky season my favourite time of year, I absolutely love this time of year, but Brooke, at this point, is my favourite, or at least my top three Mujiwara members. And I thought... In this episode, we'll dive into who Brooke is, his backstory, his powers, and some trivia and easter eggs I found about his design concept, backstory, and more, all from different interviews and magazines that Oda spoken in. So let's dive in to the first Mujiwara Spotlight, Brooke. So at first, let's kind of break down the basics about Brooke, right? The surface level facts. And then we'll start getting deeper and deeper as we go. So type of crew member, he's the musician for the Straw Hats. And we first met Brooke way back in Thriller Bark. And Thriller Bark is one of those seasons that people love to hate. (laughs) But I loved Thriller Bark. And yes, it's has that spooky theme, it's all Halloween-y, it's super spooky. A lot of it, a lot of people kind of said it's nothing more than a a thriller arc, which is, a lot of people think it's called Thriller Bark because it's a play on the words Thriller Arc, but whatever. I really enjoyed this season because I thought it was just so separate from the rest of the world in some ways, still connected to One Piece, 
But I love Thriller Bark. I've done an entire episode on Thriller Bark, on the series I'm doing that's kind of all the different arcs reviewed as I'm going through them. So if you haven't checked that out, go ahead, check it out. You'll find that where you found this episode. But Brooke is a musician who is extremely skilled in playing all kinds of instruments, particularly the violin, which is his favourite violin. No, the favourite instrument. I guess it is his favourite violin because he uses it, but it's his favourite instrument. And after he was separated from the Straw Hats, Brooke picked up the guitar and within two years became so highly skilled in the new instrument that he became regarded as the world-famous rock star. And as testament to this fact, his records in tone dials sold, apparently, in the millions, and his fans during this final world tour stop in Sabodia Archipelago were either crying or fainting at his sheer presence. Brooke can masterfully play enchanting songs that are so melodious. No, I can't say that. They're so rich with melody. (laughs) They can completely captivate even animals like Laboon. Absolutely love Laboon. You cannot say a wrong thing about Laboon, bless him, who used to sing along to Brooke's music. And obviously we've got the whole backstory with Laboon. Absolutely. So just chef's kiss. And in addition to singing and playing music, Brooke is also a skilled composer having composed songs such as Bone to be Wild, New World, which proved to be very fashionable among fans and music lovers around the One Piece world. In Thriller Bark, Brooke obviously gave us the super iconic song that I think is still one of the best, or the best song in One Piece, and it's Bink Sake, and it's so, so iconic, and I think that's one of those songs that, even though I do not know the Japanese words, I will still try my best to sing along to that when it either comes on in the background of the show or just in general if I've done a post about Brooke on my Instagram or TikTok, I'll end up using that song and it's stuck in my head for weeks on end. We can't talk about Brooke without talking about his devil fruit. So his fruit was the, or is the, Yummy Yummy No Me, which in English is the Revive Revive Fruit. And it means, obviously, it's all about resurrection, and it's a paramecia-type devil fruit. And this one enhances the user's soul to a point where they resurrect after their first death, allowing them to live a second life and to use several other soul-based abilities, making the user a reviving human. The fruit is kind of orange, and it's kind of bulbous at the top. It's like round at the top, and it's got four little... Gross at the bottom, so it kind of resembles the shape of a human skull. So while he was alive, Brooke ate the Yomi Yomi no Mi, the paramecia type devil fruit that allowed his soul to return to the world of the living and re-inhabit his body after he died. So this allowed him to reside within his own dead body, which had already decomposed into a skeleton by the time his soul found his way back to it, and he can even perform all the functions he did way back when his body contained flesh and muscle. Other than bringing him back from the dead, Brooke's fruit initially seemed kind of useless, apart from just reviving you again. However, he later discovered that he could exercise the power of his strengthening soul, and he discovered that it's this is what allows him to animate his body. It's the soul that's come back, not necessarily the body itself. So he can make his returned soul temporarily separate from his body. And just a side note, I absolutely love it when he does this. It's so, so cool. I The first time we saw this, I fell in love with it. So it can move independently of his body, effectively making him kind of a ghost spirit creature. 
And this leaves the body a kind of <laughs> quite a funny, pure white, even the clothes go white, kind of husk of a body. But as the spirit book is capable of moving through walls, different masses, and going to areas that would be impossible with, to get within physical reach, much like we saw, I forgot what arc it was. Oh, no, I think it was Thriller Bark, potentially. We saw the, oh, no, what was it? Whatever arc it was, I can't think now. But we kind of saw they were trapped in this kind of cage and he was able to go through. So although he can go through walls and stuff, he can't physically grab hold of anything. So it's more just a movement option. But if his skeletal body is broken into pieces, he can also extend these soul tendrils to the various parts of his severed body and pull them back together into place. So he is also capable of exerting his soul power to affect and overwhelm beings with weaker souls than him, such as homies. And his soul energy exudes pure coldness. So that kind of brings us back to, I have another fact about this later on, but it kind of goes back to when people get a cold shiver with when they kind of interact with like ghosts and stuff. And it's called the chills of the underworld for Brooke and allows Brooke to transfer this freezing aura to objects like his sword. With this aura, he is capable of freezing his surroundings as seen when he turned the ground around him in Zoe into ice. Brooke is famous for all the kind of silly jokes around like my eyes hurt but I have no eyes all that kind of stuff and it's those are the those are the jokes that for me just make this character but he can revive by having his head cut off continuing to talk smell and see while it is detached however he is still capable of feeling pain so he but he can repair his bones by drinking milk that's kind of an old like an age-old thing isn't it but due to his lack of flesh, Brooke is resistant to lightning strikes and high and low temperatures. So I guess his bones just feel nothing. But he's also immune to other types of attacks, such as Caesar Clown's Shinokuni gas. And I guess that's because he has no lungs. That, that makes sense. And Brooke does not age. However, as his body only consists of bones and he continues to grow stronger, despite being 90 years old, he did grow in height after the time skip, but we've got no reason as to why. But he is also capable, I did not know this until I researched this, he is able of storing objects inside his skull, such as the tone dial and poneglyph rubbings. I'm on episode 716, I believe, at the second at the minute, so potentially may, may be blind to this one, but a very cool fact, and I had to include it in this little bit of podcast. So in this part of the episode, now that we've kind of covered his backstory, some of his body, that sounds weird, some of his physicality, I guess, some of his devil fruit and backstory, I want to kind of cover some trivia that I've uncovered through all this research for the podcast. So it's kind of bite-sized, some are a little bit longer, some bite-sized trivia facts about Brooke and more about his design, how it evolved, different influences and very kind of minor small details that Oda added to Brooke's design and overall details of his character assets, I guess. So fact number one, or trivia number one, is all about American influence. And a fan asked Oda if Brooke and everything else that appears in Thriller Bark was based on movies such as The Adams Family and The Nightmare Before Christmas. You can kind of see some of those similarities within the arc. And Oda confirmed that these did actually influence him for this arc, as did a lot of other zombie and horror movies. 
And I quote, Yes, the films, I love them too. In order to draw Thriller Bark, I even watched a lot of zombie movies, which I've never really done before. By my nature, I don't like scary things, so even though I put more black into the art, I still try to make silly, funny zombies. When artists draw about ghosts and dead people and things that aren't meant for polite society, they always go to the shrine to pray beforehand, as did I. I mean, I don't want to get cursed or anything, unquote. I think that's a really interesting look into Oda himself and Thriller Bark, but also a little bit about Japanese culture as well. I like the idea of before a mangaka or someone creative will undertake this theme of work, they'll go to a shrine and pray. I absolutely love that. I think that's a really interesting small pocket of insight into Japanese culture. One of the small details that wouldn't really be known to most, I guess, is all about the number eight. So Brooke, at the time we met, was 88 years old. And Brooke is the oldest member of the Straw Hats by far. He's also the tallest at eight foot eight and three quarters. But why? There's a lot of eights, right? But while this isn't confirmed, it could be because he's heavily associated with music, being the musician of the crew. And there are 88 standard keys on a piano keyboard. However, this kind of does get into question because he did grow apparently to nine foot one after the time skip. So not sure on the link, but could be an interesting insight. We've already kind of mentioned the kind of coldness and that kind of link with spirits, spirits and ghosts, that kind of stuff. But Brooke is heavily associated with the underworld, a place that can be associated with the cold, like we've already said. But that's why he is able to use Chill of the Underworld, which lets him place ice cold aura into swords and objects around them to kind of attack his foes with ice. While the whole underworld is a perfectly good explanation for this kind of power, it could be more deep than that. So it might be a reference to Dajari or a Japanese wordplay. So Brooke often makes jokes around the kind of, the kind of expect from that old man jokes, right? We've already kind of said that with the kind of, I can't think of one. I'm not going to try and say one, but you get what I'm saying. But it makes sense because he's 88. He's an old man. And when someone is using Dajari in Japan, they might respond to their audience's lack of enthusiasm by saying Samui or it's cold, implying a cold reception to that kind of humour or that joke. So this could be why Brooke is associated with ice instead of fire, because I know the underworld can also have the connotation of being like like hell, like fire. But that's interesting. And again, another look into Japanese culture for us as well. One of my favourite parts about Brooke is his actual design. I love that he's a skeleton, but Oda knew that he wanted Brooke to be a talking skeleton way earlier on in the One Piece kind of creation. However, in the most earlier drawings, he lacked one of his most iconic features and he missed the giant afro. There was only one, well, there was one early drawing where he had his signature afro, but it was shaped completely differently and he looked a lot more mean and kind of more menacing kind of skeleton creature more than what we know now. In 2000, Oda had made the concept of a complete straw hat crew and all of the members, but at that time he hadn't thought about Frankie or Jinbei yet, so they're not included, and Chopper was actually more humanoid looking. And at the time, Oda had completely kind of thought out Brooke's concept in the form of a skeleton, although the kind of look of it was more kind of raggy than anything, more kind of traditional, like with the headband and stuff, more that kind of vibe. We often see 
him kind of running and fleeing away from some stuff. But it might be surprising to learn that actually Bug is the fastest character. Not Luffy, not Zoro, and not Sanji. But when asked who would win if a straw hat could complete in a kind of race, Oda said that Brooke would come in first place. That reason is that Brooke is a skeleton, so he's lighter than everyone else. He's not got muscle or anything weighing him down. And perhaps his height helps too, since he can take much longer strides than many, well any of the straw hats. So this next fact is, it's really strange. But if Brooke weren't a living skeleton, sailing the high skis, high skis, high seas, being a pirate, what else would he be doing? According to Oda, he'd be an Austrian detective. He didn't explain why, we don't know why, we don't know why he chose Austria, and we don't know why he'd still be a skeleton, but I guess that's who he is. But it's pretty fun to imagine this. I want, I I want this spin-off. I think that would be just so, so good. I want that as a series today. Another random one that has no kind of link to the actual One Piece world. In an SBS One Piece column, a reader asked Oda if Brooke were an animal, what would he be? And Oda replied that Brooke would be a horse. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought that, but I've never really questioned that before either. So, totally fair response. So now a fact that's more about the One Piece world. So, Brooke has the longest bounty throughout the One Piece world. Longest active bounty. So Brooke died for 50 years before his soul returned to his body that had become a skeleton at that time. And at that time, Brooke had a bounty of 33 million berry. So this has kind of meant that Brooke's bounty has actually been active for more than 70 years, which is the longest active bounty in the whole of One Piece. So that's very cool. And that kind of, assuming that Brooke can't actually die... He that bounty will just continue to grow and grow and will be like a legend in the end. Okay, our last two facts. So Brooke's soul, I've already mentioned how much I love the look of Brooke's soul. And upon returning to the mortal realm to search for his body, this resembles a hydrodama, which is a representation of the recently deceased, commonly found in Japanese folklore and pop culture, which I think is the kind of like swirly kind of, think of toilet-bound Hanukkah kind of vibe with the orbs. And the last one is all about his devil fruit again. So, so far, this is the only known devil fruit, the yummy yummy no me, that requires some sort of condition to actually activate instead of just taking a bite out of it. In this case, the user has has to die first in order for the effect to be triggered, which is really freaky if you think about it. You have to have a lot of truth, a lot of faith that what you know about the fruit is true and that you know that this fruit is going to do this to you in order to die. So we've kind of learned so much about Brooke in kind of more detail and kind of had an overview of Brooke himself as well and his devil fruit, all that kind of stuff. I think Brooke is one of the coolest One Piece characters overall. And ever since we first met him in Thriller Bark, he's he's become my favourite. I think he's my favourite Straw Hat member when I kind of boil down to it. But I absolutely love this character. I think I love his personality. That's joke. It's perfect. But he has a sensitive side with the music and especially his love for Laboon and all that kind of arc that we saw. What would you say after hearing all these different facts is your favourite fact about Brooke? And also let me know, leave a review and let me know, would you like more deep dives into the Mujiwara crew? More spotlights like this, more facts about the concept of them, more random facts about what 
fruit they would pee, what animal they would be, what they'd be doing if they weren't a pirate, that kind of thing. I enjoyed looking into these characters. I love kind of getting to know the way Oda works on these characters, the kind of details that we never really would think about or would never know unless these kind of things kind of get searched, researched and typed up for me to do a podcast about. But yeah, let me know, leave a review, find me on social media and let me know what what Mujiwara would you like a spotlight on next? And as a thank you to making it all the way to the end of this episode, why not enjoy this little soundbite of Brooke's iconic yo ho 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 laugh. yo ho 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 Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for checking this out. I really do appreciate every single listen, every follow, every download. It really does mean a lot. From one weeb to another, thank you so much. If you're wanting any anime merch, head over to my social media links. Find me on social media, find me on TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you'll see a link to my eBay shop where I have a bunch of anime themed prints for you to check out with worldwide shipping. Please do leave a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on this to. It really does support the show. It only takes a few seconds and it's free. I cannot ask. If I ask one thing of you, I'd ask that. Please do leave a rating and a review. Even if it's not great, please let me know. You know, it's even a bad one. Well, bad press is always... what. No, what's the saying? Any press is good press, I guess. Oh, that rhymed. So, so... A rating and review would be great. It really does support the show, so thank you so, so much for whatever kind of review you do leave. If you're a mega fan of anime, then why not check out my brand new Patreon monthly subscription club? There are three tiers of membership, Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan, and Chibi Mega Fan, with each tier being better than the last. Each month, for one cost, you'll receive free prints, free downloads and much, much more, including exclusive behind the scenes videos, photos and more of how I create my prints and anime themed artwork. If you'd like to receive exclusive updates and anime themed goodies every single month delivered straight to you, then why not check out my Patreon? The link's down below. I'm sure you'll love being a part of the Chibi Weeb fan club. Sometimes finding a birthday card or an occasion card can be a boring task. However, I have some anime themed cards on my thoughtful.co.uk creator profile, which is found in my links on social media. Over on Thoughtful, you'll find a bunch of anime themed cards, such as Studio Ghibli Happy Birthday cards and more with my range being updated regularly. Each card is processed by thoughtful.co.uk with shipping being fast, quick and efficient. You can shop my anime themed cards over on my Instagram with my links being over on there. Search Chibi Weave Anime and you'll find me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Please do leave a rating and a review down below. It really does support the show and it's free to do. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. If you're a subscriber or if you're thinking of subscribing or starting the free trial on Apple Podcasts, I'll see you on Sunday for the next episode of the Chibi Peace exclusive Apple podcast exclusive episode on Sunday. Thanks guys, bye bye!